our uh, message series called uh, called Mission Possible. And uh, you probably noticed there's some dirt on the altar this morning. Uh, that's because today's uh, kind of topic, today's theme is about uh, getting our hands dirty. Getting our hands dirty. And uh, we're going to take some time this morning to see and remember what God can do with our lives when we're ready just to, to dig in and get our hands dirty. Why don't you watch the screen for a minute and uh, let's see how some young people got inspired by uh, that same principle, what God could do with their lives in simple ways, and got their hands dirty. Just go ahead and watch the screen for a minute. Helping Hearts is truly just a group where we meet together once a week and we try to come up with ideas of what we can do to help the city or the school. First, we started collecting canned food, um, boxed food, and videos for a homeless shelter called Samaritan's Den. It takes people that have gone through really hard times in their lives. They just take them in and help them to get back on their feet. They provide like room and board and food and help them look for a job. For the cans, we put out flyers on doors in neighborhoods and we pass it out around the school. And we just had like the people leave cans out in plastic bags out front of their house and we'd go pick them up. Twice we um actually went to the Samaritan and helped cook dinner for them and serve them. Everyone was like, thank you, thank you so much. We always appreciate this and everything. It really just made me happy. After dinner, we read them a devotional. All of the people were like, wait, 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 I have to go get some of my friends. And it made me feel so good because half of the people already knew about Jesus. So I really think that changed me. I think God has put this in my life to help me be more humble and grateful for what I do have rather than focusing on what I don't. It's it kind of changed me because I realized that I'm really fortunate for having all the stuff I have and I realized that there's people who are less fortunate than me that I need to help. At the end of your day or the end of your time, if someone just comes up to you and says that they're glad for what you've done, it makes you feel so much better than just being at a sleepover with your friends because you know that you've done something that makes the Lord happy and that made someone else's day a lot easier, a lot better. How old do you think they were? 13? 14? Wow. And look what they were doing to help people and change people's lives. Today we're going to talk about the mission that's possible for you in your own life. And if you remember last week we started the journey recognizing that we all had a mission and understanding that the mission is absolutely worth accomplishing and that we just need to get out there in that deep water. We need to trust God's Word, be filled up with that. Uh, and when we do that, when we get on that ground, that foundation, that then God keeps kind of growing us and creating even higher potential for what we can do. So those that you missed the sermon last week, uh, you can go on the web page and you can listen to it again uh, and get the full one. Or That's like the, the synopsis right there. Today we're going to pick up with that. Keep talking about uh, Mission Possible. Uh, it goes back to that old TV show, Mission Possible. You remember that? Or Mission Impossible? What was it? Mission Impossible, right? Yeah, we're making it Mission Possible. And, of course, the star was Peter Graves. You're all too young. You don't remember that, do you? Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I'm there. I remember that. You would have said Tom Cruise, I'm sure. But anyway, um, we made one observation last week when we talked about that is when, when uh, you know, the, the smoke was cleared, you know, the mission had been poured out and the envelope opened and all that kind of stuff and, you know, should you choose to accept that this is your mission kind of thing. At the end of that, you know, Peter Graves or Tom Cruise for that matter, they always accepted the mission. I mean, there, there was never one episode where 
they stepped back and said, you know, no, that just doesn't sound good to me, you know. Right? I mean, they always accepted the mission. Now, there's another truth about the show, and this is what we're going to focus on today. The other reality is that after they accepted the mission, after they understood that there was a mission for them to accomplish, they always assembled the team, and they did it. Right? I mean, they always assembled the team, and after they assembled the team, they actually got busy doing the mission. They accepted the mission, they assembled the team, and then they got busy and they did the mission. Today it's about mission possible, getting your hands dirty. It means getting to the task, getting to the job, getting to accomplish the mission. If we're going to do that, I want to suggest a few things that uh, Scripture kind of teaches, I think, this morning about how we get that done. Number one, we need to make sure we don't just talk about the mission, but we actually do it. It's awful easy for us uh, to just talk a lot about what we ought to be doing, to spend our time just kind of thinking about what ought to be done or what could be done or dreaming about it or you know how that goes, right? You, you, you think about how it could be, and you talk about how it could be. You know, I don't recall an episode of that show where they got the mission in front of them, and they assembled the team, and the team sat around for the whole rest of the show and said, man, this is a great plan. You know, that, this is going to be really an exciting mission. I mean, do you remember one show where they sat around and talked about the mission the whole time and never actually got to doing it? No, they talked about it a little bit. They made their plan. And then most of the show was concentrated on them doing it. It ought to be the same for us. Let me give you an example from the Scripture where Jesus makes that clear for us, that it's not about just understanding we have a mission, but about getting busy, getting our hands dirty, and doing it. Let's go into, uh, into the Scripture for a minute. Um, take a look with me uh, in the Gospel. It says, As Jesus was walking, walking along, he saw a man who had been blind since birth. Jesus' disciple asked, Teacher, why was this man born blind? Was it because he or his parents sinned? No, it wasn't, Jesus answered. But because of his blindness... You will see God work a miracle for him. Let's stop there for a minute. Jesus is walking along. The day is just unfolding, and an opportunity presents itself. There is a blind person. How do the disciples respond to the opportunity? They ask a question. They say, well, let's, let's talk about this for a little bit. Now, it's a perfectly good question. It's not a bad question. Great question. But notice the disciples' first reaction is to say, well, you know, I think we should talk about this a little while. And they pose a wonderful, good theological question. Do you notice how short Jesus' answer is? Three words. See that? Did he spend a lot of time talking about it? Not at all. They pose a wonderful question. Jesus answers it clearly and briefly and says, now. Let's get busy. Three words. And then he says, look, this is all about doing something that's going to bring glory to God. Jesus' response is short. It is quick. It's a good answer. But 
It's more important for Jesus right now in that moment to do something than talk about it. Do you see that? He even acknowledges that in verse 4. This is a big verse for us. You ready? As long as it is day, we must do what the one who sent me wants me to do. What's he telling you? You only got so much time. Guys, you're only going to be walking around on this earth for so long. Your days are numbered. Jesus was only here for a brief time. And he looked at his life and he looked at that brief time and he said, Look, don't waste your time talking about it. What we need to do is get busy and be about the business of doing what God wants you to do. See, don't waste your life just thinking about what might be. Don't, don't waste your time just thinking about how it could possibly shoulda, coulda, woulda. Jesus is saying, look, don't just talk about it. Get your hands dirty. Get busy. And that's exactly what he does. Verse 6, it says, after Jesus said this, he spit on the ground. He made some mud and smeared it on the man's eyes. Do you see what Jesus did? Now, I want you to just kind of grab that picture for a minute. Is that, is that kind of gross? Okay, Mom, come on. I don't see any hand sanitizer appearing in the Scripture here. Do you? There's no hands. Quick, Jesus, a little hand sanitizer there. Got some mud there. No. He just got, you know, he got into it. Spit, grime, dirt. Jesus was ready to do whatever it would take to bring glory to God. He got his hands dirty. He got into it. Whatever it was, the grime, the muck, the dirt, the mud, he just did it. You see, don't waste your life because you're afraid of difficult tasks. See, when you start doing the mission that God has in store for you, when you discover that and you start doing that mission, it's not going to be easy. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be life situations that somebody else is going through that are really tough. They are dirty and grimy because that's what the darkness does. But don't waste a moment. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Jesus got his hands dirty. Then he said, go wash off the mud in the Siloam pool. The man went, washed his, in the Siloam pool. And that means who sent me. When he had washed off the mud, what happened? He could see. See what happens when you get your hands dirty? When you discover that mission, when you understand what God is putting on your heart, you need to follow that up with not a lot of talk, not a lot of a you need to get in action and just don't think about it, dream about it, and talk about it. You need to get your hands dirty and get to it. Paul would tell the Galatians the same thing really this way. Don't get tired of helping others. You will be rewarded when the time is right if you don't give up. We should help people how often? Whoa. Whenever we can. When the moment presents itself. When the opportunity is there, don't back off. Jesus had the opportunity because the blind man was right there at that moment. And even though the disciples gave him the opportunity to waste a lot of time talking about a wonderful, deep theological question, he just got his hands dirty. Because the guy was there at that moment. Proverbs 3 says basically the same thing. It says, 
Don't tell your neighbor to come back tomorrow. If you can help him today, do it. Get busy. Get at it. Get in the mission. It is one of the things I love about Christ Church. We don't have that talking disease around here in terms of how we get things done. You know what the church talking disease is? You probably, If you're from a church background, you've experienced this problem. You see what happens in a lot of our churches? God puts something on somebody's heart who's just a good, faithful servant and says, you know, you've got the gifts and the talent. I want you to really do this thing. And they get all excited about it, and so they go talk to somebody in the leadership of the church, and they say, man, i got a great idea. I think God really wants me to do this. And the person says, oh, that's fantastic. What you need to do is go talk to that committee. Have you heard that story before? And then they go talk to that committee. Oh, but you know, the committee doesn't meet for about three weeks. <laughs> so about three weeks, you go that committee. They go talk to that committee and they say, oh man, God has got this great thing in store for me. I'm really excited about this. And the committee says, well, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but uh, you know, I, we'll have to take that to the council. Oh gosh, and the council doesn't meet for another three weeks. So of course it all goes to the church council and the church council sits down and they talk about it some more. And they say, oh well, that's an interesting thought, a great concept. Um, I think we should table that for another month until we get more information. And before it's all done, 90 days have gone by before somebody finally says, yeah, I, I think maybe you could do that. Can you imagine on that day, if Jesus had been walking along, seen this blind guy, and had this spirit within him that said, you know, I need to heal that guy right now. And the disciples said, well, Jesus, we need to get in committee about this. Can you imagine if 90 days would have gone by before that guy finally got around to having Jesus come by and spit and get in some mud, get his hands dirty, and bring healing to him. That's the talk about a disease that hits a lot of our churches. We don't have that disease. You see, if God puts something on your heart, if he puts a mission into your heart, and it is absolutely consistent with the mission of Christ church, and it is absolutely consistent with the scriptures... You go talk to me, you go talk to one of our leaders, and we're going to get it done. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to get our hands dirty. We're going to get it done. Because that's the way Jesus expects his people to respond. Not a lot of talk, but a lot of action. I'll share with you today one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It comes from the book of Ecclesiastes. How many of you just read that last week, the book of Ecclesiastes? Yeah, I didn't think so. It's not one of those hot books, you know. And yet there, in this, in this book, in this Ecclesiastic, there it is. It's one of my favorite verses. You ready for this? You're going to go home today. You're going to look up that, this verse. You're going to highlight it, right? This is a great verse. It is a principle for your life. You ready? Verse number 4, three, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 4. If you worry about the weather and don't plant the seeds, you won't harvest a crop. Doesn't that make sense? See, if you spend all your time just talking about it, if you have to wait till all the stars are perfectly aligned, until everything is absolutely, utterly in the most perfect of positions, guess what? You'll never get anything done. See, all you need, all you need is a conviction that God has given you a mission. That God has laid something on your heart that can make a difference for the glory of God. And I can tell you, if God is laying that on your heart, He has already given you the tools you need to do it.
You just have to be convinced of it. This is a story that goes like this. There was uh, this uh, guy who was a member of a, of a biker gang. You know, he's a member of a biker gang and he's kind of, you know, big, burly guy, you know, got, got the beard, the long hair, kind of, you know, the grunge look going, you know, doing the black leather, all that stuff. God came into this guy's life on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, right? Came into this guy's life and just, he converted to Christ, was so humble, just fell in love with Jesus. And so he got up early Sunday morning because he knew that one thing he should do as a new Christian is go to church. So he got up early and he found this church and he went into the church and he sat in the front row. New Christian, remember? He sat in the front row. Why do you laugh? No, he sat in the front row, right? And the pastor came in and the service was about ready to start and everything was ready to go. You know, he's really excited about the day. The pastor made an announcement. He says, folks... We need somebody this morning to, uh, to step forward and serve in our nursery today. So we just need one person to step forward and serve in the nursery. Nobody volunteered. So the pastor got a little tougher. You know, he said, now, now, listen, folks, we, we're going to have a great morning, we have a great service, but we really need to take care of our kids. They're, they're, they're God's precious gifts. And so we really need somebody this morning just to step forward here and say, look, I'll go serve in, in, in the nursery. The biker guy sitting there in the front row, he, he bows his head and he, and he prays. He says, Lord, he said, I just feel like you're talking to me. And if the pastor brings it up one more time, I'm going to take that as a sign that you want me to do this. Sure enough, third time, pastor says, folks, certainly somebody will volunteer to play with their children and care for them this morning. The biker guy in the front row raises his hand, gets up, walks to the center aisle, Starts to walk out. Fifty women beat him out the aisle. See, you just need to be committed. <laughs> you need to be committed to get your hands dirty. To understand that God has given you this incredible opportunity to use your life in a worthwhile way that can make all the difference in this world. And just be convicted and committed. To say, I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to get my hands dirty. Because you already have all of the gifts you need. If we're thinking about mission possible, you already have your mission team assembled. You remember how the show worked? Peter Graves would get the assignment, and then he'd go out and get his team together, right? I always liked the guy that did the mass, you know, always was kind of wearing the mask and doing the voices thing. He was my favorite guy, but he'd get his team together, get all the right people together. And when they had the right people together, boom, right to it, they'd start doing the mission. You need to know, God has already assembled everything you need to accomplish what He sets in front of you. Let me prove it to you. If you look at Ephesians 2, God planned for us to do good things. Do you see that? God planned for us to do good things and to live as He has always wanted us to live. That's why He sent Christ to make us what we are. Did you see the first two words there? God planned. What does it mean? See, God has already been planning. God has already been working. God has already been moving to prepare you for the moments that you're going to experience. He's already given you the life experience that you bring to this very moment. And in the midst of whatever's gone on in the past, 
He's been preparing you for the mission that He wants to set in front of you. You already have everything you need to accomplish what God is going to set in front of you. You say, oh, yeah, right, sure, let me prove it to you. We can look at Jeremiah, the prophet. Was this a guy who did something good? Not bad. Prophet. Good title. Jeremiah the prophet. It comes out of verse 1 of the book of Jeremiah. Verse 4, it says, The Lord said, Jeremiah, I am your creator. And before you were born, I chose you to speak for me to the nations. When did God decide that Jeremiah was going to be his prophet to the nations? Before Jeremiah was even And he's prepared you for that. Now, a lot of us, unfortunately, are like Jeremiah. We come up with excuses. We come up with all kinds of reasons. We want to talk about it and come up with all kinds of reasons why it's just not the right time or why we just can't accomplish it. Jeremiah said, I replied, I'm not a good speaker, Lord. I'm too young. Young people, notice that. Notice that. If you're a young person here this morning and you think you're too young, open your ears for this minute. You ready? Look how God responds to Jeremiah. Don't say you're too young. If I tell you to go and speak to someone, then go. And when I tell you to say what to say, don't leave out a word. Do you see the exclamation points at the end of those verses? Those sentences? Do you think God's serious here? Yeah, absolutely. Young people, never underestimate what God can do in your life right now. Never underestimate the difference that you can make in your life right now for somebody else. Never underestimate the gifts that God has already put into you and prepared for you in this moment. You're back there in the junior high. When you're back there in the high school, you've got a mission. You've got a mission. And God is already working in preparing you to do that. Just like Jeremiah. Don't say I'm too young. Don't say I don't have the gifts. You got it. Verse 8, God says, I promise to be with you and keep you safe, so don't be afraid. The Lord reached out his hand, then he touched my mouth and said, I'm giving you the words to say, and I'm sending you with authority to speak to the nations. Does God give Jeremiah everything he needs to do the mission? Absolutely. Why would it be any different for you? See, God looks at your life and he understands the great things you can do, the glory that you can bring to his name, the difference you can make with your life, and he's ready to give you what you need to do it. Your team is already assembled. Need more proof? Look how God ends up talking to Jeremiah. The Lord showed me something in a vision. Then he asked, What do you see, Jeremiah? I answered, A branch of almonds that ripen early. That's right, the Lord replied. And, you see what I underlined for you there? Would you say that with me this morning so you get it in your head? You ready? I always rise early to keep a promise. Did you hear that? What does it mean? God is already out in front of you 
he gets up early. He's already out in front of you to make sure his promises will absolutely be fulfilled in your life. He has already given you a mission. He's already dreamed about the incredible things that you can do with your life. And he has already assembled the team. He has already poured into you the life experience that brings you to this moment and the gifts that you need in order to accomplish whatever it is he sets in front of you. You just need to trust his promises and be ready to get your hands dirty. More, uh, more evidence, Ephesians 4, Paul says it this way. Not only is God above all others, but he works by using all of us and he lives in all of us. Christ has generously divided out his gifts to whom? Think what that means. That means in this very room, right now, we have all the gifts, the personal gifts of Jesus Christ. It's as if in this room right now, in all of these chairs, when we put all of ourselves together, we have the potential and the opportunity to be Jesus Christ in the world. Because He's given you His gift. He's given you His gift. It's all here. It's right here in this room, right here in this moment. Think about the incredible things that we can accomplish together. That's what Paul does when he writes to the Romans. He says, a body is made up of many parts, and each of them has its own use. That's how it is with us. There are many of us, but we each are part of the body of Christ as well as, as part of one another. God has also given each of us different gifts for what? To use them. Yes? You see, in this room, we have everything God wants us to have in Christ's gifts to become an incredible force in this world for Jesus Christ. It's sitting right here. It's right in you. The difference for us is to realize it, receive it, and be ready to get our hands dirty. Now, when you make that decision, when you understand this truth and you say, you know what, I'm going to get my hands dirty, then things change. When you start focusing on other people, when you start using your gifts on other people, uh, other people God starts focusing on you. Young people, are you listening? When you start focusing on other people, when you start caring for other people like those young people in that video, God is going to watch your life and focus on you. Let me prove it to you. Luke 9 says, Then Jesus said to all the people, If any of you want to be my followers, you must forget about yourself. You must take up your cross each day and follow me. If you want to save your life, you will destroy it. But if you give up your life for me, you will save it. You see, if you stop focusing on yourself and you start focusing on somebody else, God is going to start focusing on you and you're going to discover what it really means to be alive. You're going to have the incredible joy. Can you imagine that day? When Jesus spit on his hands and did that mud thing and put it on his Can you imagine the joy that was in that moment when that guy could see for the first time? He couldn't see since he was born, remember? 
Can you imagine the incredible excitement and joy of that moment? God is telling you, you can experience that same incredible life. If you start focusing on others and stop focusing on yourself, God's going to start focusing on you, and you'll figure out what life really is. To to prove the focus, it says in verse 25, What will you gain if you own the whole world but destroy yourself or waste your life? If you're ashamed of me and of my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when he comes in his glory and in the glory of his Father and his holy angels. You can be sure that if some of the people standing here will not die before they see the kingdom of God. The disciples saw the kingdom of God in that moment. When you start focusing on others, God starts focusing on you, and you're going to discover what life really is because you're going to see the kingdom of God at work. You're going to experience the incredible joy of the kingdom of God at work. There was this missionary family in uh, South America, serving in South America, <laughs> and they were just in this hut kind of thing, you know, and, and, you know, pretty out there in the wilderness stuff. They're just in this hut. And one of the, the struggles for them always as a family in South America was just the bugs, you know. They're just always the bugs. So they cleaned the house. They cleaned the house as best they could, but there was always bugs around. They're sitting at table, and they're having supper one night, and this gigantic beetle, this just gigantic beetle, beetle came flying through the room startled everybody while they're at the table. They were all surprised, and, and the, 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 the mom screamed out, and the daughter screamed out, and the daughter says, For heaven's sake, what was that, Mom? And Mom calmly respi- replied, Sweetheart, that's the only reason we're here, for heaven's sake. Yes? I want you to understand this morning, that when you discover and take on that mission and you start using those gifts that God has poured into your, your life, you start focusing on others, God is going to focus on you and your life, your life is going to become more than what you could ever dream because it's for heaven's sake. For heaven's sake. And when God focuses on you, life moves up. Hebrews 6 says, God is always fair. He'll remember how you helped his people in the past and how you are still helping them. You belong to God, and he won't forget the love you've shown his people. God doesn't forget. He is focusing, and he doesn't forget. And he gives us the opportunity to live incredible lives. We'll end it with 1 Corinthians. Paul writes and says, My dear friends, stand firm, don't be shaken. Always keep busy working for the Lord. You know that everything you do for Him is worthwhile. You want your life to be worthwhile? Don't just talk about the mission. Discover your gifts and get ready to get your hands dirty. Get your hands dirty and get busy about doing what God wants you to do. Maybe you'll discover it this morning. There's all kinds of opportunities back there this morning at the tables for you to see all the ministry that's going on here. And and there's all kinds of ways for you to get involved. I hope you do. Whether you're a member, even if you're visiting this morning, I don't care. You just need to discover your gifts and get busy and get involved in doing something. 
We invite you to do that. We don't stand on membership around here. What we stand on is mission. So if you feel God's putting it on your heart, get involved. Go ahead, get involved. But I can tell you this. God has a great vision for you. He's given you the gifts. He's assembled the team. And if your life is going to be worthwhile, it's because you commit to get your hands dirty. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and uh, we know that you were willing to get your hands dirty when you uh, took some dust and you formed it and fashioned it and you created us. We just ask this morning that, that we could discover what you've molded into us, that, that gifts that we have, that mission that we have, that, that purpose that we have, that, that dream that you have for our lives. Help each one of us this morning, whether we're young or whether we're not so young, help us to discover whatever it is so that our lives can be worthwhile, that they can be meaningful in bringing honor and glory to you. They go so fast, Father. Help us to make it count. We pray this morning that you would just move each heart in this room, that they'd be ready to get their hands dirty to bring honor and glory to you and to change somebody else's life. Help us to focus not on ourselves, but to focus on others and to focus on the dream and the vision you have for all your people. We humbly, humbly ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.